Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to have with us today Chelsea Carpenter. Hi, Chelsea. Welcome to She Speaks Life. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an honor. For you listeners, Chelsea has this inspiring God story to share with us about being refined in the fire of affliction. And in that is where she met Jesus to deliver her from the struggles of fear. So Chelsea, let's hear more about you, girl, and this amazing testimony. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for you to share with us. So go ahead. I'm really excited to be sharing my testimony today. Just a little bit about me. I am from Tyler, Texas. I am a single mom, and I have two little girls. My oldest one's name is Bailey Rose, and she's eight. Yes. And then my youngest one is Riley Elena, and she is seven. Wow, what great, precious names. They are beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) love it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and share a little bit about my testimony. My journey began actually really before birth. My mom, when she found out that she was pregnant with me, she went to a church service with her friend, and immediately she was over by the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. she started speaking in tongues, uh-huh. and her friend looked at her and was like, what was that all about? And she goes, I'm not really sure. At the time, my mom didn't really go to church a lot. She uh-huh. just happened to go at that moment with her friend. Wow. And so as time went on, she ended up having to be bed rest with me, but the day that she had me, when she was delivering me, she didn't feel any pain. And on the monitor, it was showing that she should have been going through intense birthing pain. Wow, yeah. And the nurse was really concerned. And so she told my mom, she said, hold on one second. We'll be right back. And she went and got the doctor. And next thing my mom knows is that all these specialists are walking in the room. And they're thinking that I'm going to be born dead. Because mm. she's had she's no, no pain whatsoever. Right. She ended up having me naturally. She did not experience any pain, and I was delivered, and I was completely healthy. There was nothing wrong. Wow, that's a miracle birth right there. I think every mom wants to give birth that way. (laughs) Yes, yes. I I didn't know supernatural epidural was an option. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't an option when I had mine. I can tell you that. I know. I should have been praying for that, right? Not what the hospital could give me. Yeah. Yes, but and so that was that was amazing. Mm-hmm. What was even more amazing about it is that my parents were not going to church. Mm-hmm. My dad was not a Christian, mm-hmm. and I did not grow up in a Christian family. So you have this amazing birthing experience, right? I never heard about it when I was growing up. Wow. Not not one time was it mentioned, mm. but. What was happening in the spiritual realm at that moment Mm -hmm. was immediately I had a target on my back. Mm. And so I went through years and years 
of just one affliction after the next. Mm. And it started when I was three years old. My mom had been struggling with anorexia and bulimia, and she was put in rehab. And my dad was addicted to alcohol, Mm -hmm. and he was put in rehab as well. And during that time, they reached out to the church for help. And there was this couple in the church that offered to help take care of me. But the the couple was not really who they said they were. One of them was a a deacon in the church. Mm -hmm. And they took care of me, but he ended up, he sexually abused me. Oh, I'm so sorry. And this this continued for, like, from the age of three to the age of 12. Because I never understood in that moment that I had a voice. Mm, I I didn't know that I had a voice. And immediately the enemy was after my voice. Mm-hmm. And I just kept silent. I kept silent for so many reasons, not wanting to hurt my family, mm-hmm. embarrassment, shame, and just not knowing that I, I could speak up for myself. Right. And his wife also was physically and emotionally abusive towards me. Mm-hmm. And so that's the picture I got of Christianity, of God. Right, yeah. Not good. And it started at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I did not want to go to church. I did not want to talk about God. I did not want to do anything that was related right. to God. Yeah. I was just absolutely done. Yeah. And that couple right there, they were the only ones who took me to church. Mm-hmm. My my family never took me to church. So that was my experience. Right. And also during that time, when I was eight years old, I was struggling. My parents noticed that I was struggling academically mm-hmm. a lot. And that I wasn't performing at all, like in my classes. And my teachers feared that I might be mentally retarded. Mm. And they told my parents that I would most likely never graduate from high school. Mm. They couldn't figure out what was going on at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I was also struggling. I had symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder as well because of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes that I wasn't talking about. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. So my parents had made the decision to take me to a health facility for children. Mm -hmm. And I stayed there for a summer. And I remember they put me in a ward with children who were eight because I was eight at the time. And these eight-year-olds had tried to commit suicide. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I just remember being in that environment. And I remember talking to psychologists, doctors, and neurologists. And I, they were doing so many tests on my brain to find out why it wasn't working mm. properly. And what they discovered is that I was having 300 to 500 staring seizures a day. Oh, wow. So basically, I couldn't read or write. I could not do anything. I couldn't write my name, nothing. But I was having 300 to 500 of these staring seizures a day. So to the outside world, it looked like I was daydreaming. Yeah. I've never heard of those. Oh, my goodness. Wow. But on the the inside, my brain was literally blacking out. And it it wasn't a seizure that you could see. Right. Mm. And this was, nobody really knew about staring seizures at this time. Mm Mm-hmm. So the doctors told my parents that I was having these staring seizures. They also ran IQ tests, and they discovered that my IQ was 45 points above the national average. Oh, wow. So that's when they knew, like, something, 
something's off and something's not right. Mm-hmm. Well, immediately that tells me that the enemy was after, not only was he after my voice, not only was he trying to get me out of the church, but he didn't want me to read or write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was trying to mess with your mind, right? <laughs> he was. Yeah. He was He was trying to mess with my mind. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so going through that whole process, I always felt left out. Like I didn't, like I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. Everything was so much harder. I had to work 10 times harder yeah. just to do well in school. Mm-hmm. I had to work overtime. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, and it was, it was very difficult. And they ended up putting me on medicine. They gave me medicine for my seizures, and that made me sick. So I was a very sick child all the time. And I was in and out of the hospital. I was in and out of testing centers. I always had to have blood work down. I just, I didn't get to really experience a normal childhood. Mm-hmm. And at this time, we're not even concerned about the post-traumatic stress anymore because they found something else and they're trying to fix that. Well, fast forward, by the time I was 12, God had completely delivered me from my stone seizures. Mm-hmm. I never had another one. I went from 300 to 500 to nothing. Wow. It was a gradual thing. Mm, wow. And it was so important because, I mean, at the age of eight, I couldn't read, I couldn't write. Mm-hmm. And so I had to make up for lost time. Mm-hmm. And by the age of 12, I was completely out because I had been in special ed classes. By the age of 12, I was completely out of special ed classes. Mm, wow. What a miracle. I was on track. Yeah. Miracle. Praise God. I had to, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, and that just goes to show that God's with you. Mm. You know, God is with you. Even if you don't acknowledge him and you don't realize that he's there, mm-hmm. he's with you because he knows the final outcome. That's right. Yep. And so by the time I was 12, I had finally told my parents about experiencing the sexual abuse. And I had come clean about that and about the physical and, and emotional and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the past had really just taken its toll on me. And I was just angry. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was 12 years old, I was cleaning out my room and I found a Bible that was given to me by this couple. And I thought, you know, God, I don't know if you're real or not, but if you are, we're done. Mm-hmm. And I threw the only Bible I had in the trash mm-hmm. and I walked away. Yeah. But from that moment on, I got into so much trouble. Mm-hmm. I got involved with gangs. Mm-hmm. I got involved with drugs drug dealers, anything to kill the pain from what I had experienced. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just turning to the world to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what ended up happening by the age of 12, I was raped by a gang member and he made several attempts to kill me. Mm, scary. But it didn't work mm-hmm. because even at that moment, God was with me. Yeah. Even though I didn't feel his presence, he was with me. Mm-hmm. And when I took it to my parents and I told them what happened and we took it to the authorities, all hell broke loose, basically. My family was threatened with a drive-by shooting. Mm. I was pushed, tormented, bullied constantly. I went from being the most popular girl to the least popular girl overnight. Mm. My parents were ready to pack our bags and move. Yeah, wow. And I told them, I'm not moving. I'm staying. I'm going to graduate. 
because mm-hmm. I was living in Houston at the time. I said, I'm going to graduate with the, the same class because I'm not allowing somebody to run that account. Yeah. But it was still very, it was a scary place. I bet. So yeah. And then from there, I got involved with witchcraft. Mm, okay. And black magic. Mm-hmm. Because I separated myself from the gangs. Mm-hmm. But I still wasn't whole. Mm-hmm. So I was finding something else. I was still into drugs. I was drinking. I was into to witchcraft and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Yeah. And you're not, you didn't become a believer as a young girl and turn your back against God, right? That's correct. I was, in, I was not into a Christian home. Yeah. I was told, believe what you want. It's your choice. Right. Okay. So, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. So witchcraft, how did that happen? Just some friends you were hanging out with that were doing that or? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of my friends was into it and she was one of the friends that had stuck with me during everything that I had gone through. Mm-hmm. And so I looked to her as like a trusted friend and she was the only one that I could really talk to. And so, yeah, she was doing it and then I got into it and I was just being held into bondage. You know, it was just bondage. Yeah. That's really what it was. Yeah. But by the time I was 14, my sister, my older sister, she had moved to Tyler, Texas. And she had invited to come to visit her in October, the year that I was 14. And so I went to visit her. And she told me that she was going to take me to this haunted house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm there. And she goes, well, it's not that type of haunted house. And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well... She said, it's called Hell House, and it's put on by a church. I said, I'm not going to that. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. I will not step into a church. No, I absolutely refused. And she said, okay. She's like, Chelsea, she goes, I don't know what's going on with you. She said, we don't know what to do with you anymore, and this is our last chance. So just please go with us. Because at that time, I was also contemplating suicide. I mean, I was just a mess. I was yeah, broken. Right, right. I was lost, and yeah. I was broken. Yeah, no hope, in despair, destructive behavior to the, you know, as much as you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just searching. Searching right. for answers. Right. So she ended up taking me to this place called Hell House. And what it is, is, I don't know if you've ever been to something like this before, but basically they have different rooms set up. Mm-hmm. And each room has a scenario, a life decision. There's like an abortion scene, there's a suicide scene. There's different ty- there's, a, there's a scene where there might be drugs involved. Mm-hmm. There's different types of scenes. And throughout each scene, they'll have a demon in there with a the person and that demon is talking to them and telling them, oh, yeah, you should, you know, you should have the abortion or you should commit suicide. And that's where you start realizing that some of the choices that you're making is because you're listening to the wrong voice. Right, right. No, it, I have I have not been to one of these before. No. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So you go through that and then you actually go through hell. Oh, wow. And they put you in coffins. <laughs> and then the other side, and they're, you know, they're not real coffins, right, but they're, right. you know, they're cardboard and stuff, but it's still dark. You can't see a lot, and yeah. they close it on you, and the, the back side opens up, 
and you immediately fall into like this pit wow. and you're in hell and you have to climb out to get to it. Uh-huh. And I mean, there's smoke everywhere. I don't know what they put in there, what it, what it is, but it, it's just, it's hot. You're mm-hmm. just trying to climb out. Mm-hmm. And when you finally get out of hell, you're greeted by angels and the angels are leading you to the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm. And they basically lead you into like it's called heaven, mm-hmm. but it it's the crucif it's the crucifixion of Jesus, then the resurrection of Jesus, and then heaven. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, they have counselors there ready to talk to you. Wow, that's amazing. It, it's amazing. Yeah, I went through that whole all of those scenes, mm-hmm. and we got to the counselors, and I thought, I am not. I don't want these people to look at me. I don't want anybody to talk to me. I don't want anybody to touch me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep walking. And I did. I kept walking out. My friend, I was with a friend. She stopped. She talked to the counselors. And I just kept walking. Mm-hmm. Because I was so hurt by Christians that... Yeah, yeah you had your wall up. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't want anything I to do had that. My, yeah. Yes, I had my wall up. And so I left that night. I didn't say a salvation prayer. I didn't talk to a counselor. I just left. Mm-hmm. But something happened in that moment, and it was like the Spirit of God went with me, mm-hmm. and something broke. Wow. This experience, what this church put on, mm-hmm. was a creative deliverance mm-hmm. yeah. ministry. Yeah, it was. It made it reality, right, of what is going on, because that is what's going on in the unseen, in the spiritual world. That's super That's right. cool. Breaking off chains. Wow. It was incredible. And what happened is when I went back to Houston, all of that stuff that I was involved in, the witchcraft, the drugs, the alcohol, mm-hmm. I had no desire for it anymore. Mm. The wanting to commit suicide, no desire for it anymore. Mm, praise God. Something just broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by April, I was completely delivered from all of that. So completely great. delivered. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And then by the age of 15, I heard the voice of God speaking to me. Mm. Because the witchcraft and everything had broken off, mm-hmm. I could now hear God's voice. Yeah. But I still, he's, I'm a product of God's grace mm-hmm. and God's patience. Yeah. Yeah. Because even at the age of 15, he spoke to me. Jesus relentlessly pursued me. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a journey I had to go on. Mm-hmm. It was a journey. And I continued to walk it out. But I wasn't even saved yet. I wasn't even, I didn't even know about salvation. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Until I was 18. Mm-hmm. And I... Somebody told me that a family member of mine was saved. And I looked at them and I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I had never heard the term saved or salvation in my life. Mm. So they had to explain it to me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, he said this prayer and now he's just, he's a completely different person. And I said, just like that. Mm-hmm. He's a completely different person. And the person I was talking to was like, well, yeah. I said, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. 
That's not possible. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so did you go talk to them? <laughs> I did. I did. That was actually my brother-in-law oh. um, that was saying. And mm-hmm. I went, and he actually lived in Tyler, Texas. So that's where the hell house was that I went through. Okay. Yes. And I did. I went and talked to him. And I was like, okay, tell me what's going on because I don't understand how you can just suddenly change like that. I mean, before that, he was drinking. He was doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he had just a heart-to-heart with me. And I just sat on it. I just, I thought, mm-hmm. okay, maybe it's time to step into a church and to see what this actually is. Right. It's starting to penetrate a little bit, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I did go to church and I got involved, but I don't know, there was still like a pullback. Mm-hmm. There was a pullback. Yeah, probably like a trust issue. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And I hit a wall and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to believe. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in God. It didn't matter that I had heard God's voice. I said, I don't believe it's God. And I made the decision that I was going to step out of the church and I was going to be an atheist. That was what I was going to choose. But it wasn't long after that when God spoke. Mm -hmm. And he said these words to me. He said, Chelsea, if you're going to believe what you believe, then you need to make sure that you're 100% right before you get to the end of your life and discover that you are 100% wrong. Mm. Mm. I knew at that moment that was not that was not my own voice. So I dove into research. Mm-hmm. I researched all different types of religions. I researched Jesus. I researched the Christian faith. Whatever I could do, I wanted to I wanted proof mm-hmm. that God doesn't exist. Well, you can't prove that God doesn't exist. Right. But you can prove that Jesus did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, it's a choice. Right. Yeah. And I knew that I just, I wasn't, I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. There was no joy. Yeah. I felt like there was something bigger. Mm-hmm. But I was still kind of pulling back. And then one day God spoke and he said, Chelsea, do you have something you want to say to me? And that's when I broke. Because mm. I was like, yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. I have something I want to say. And I had it out with God. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? I don't understand. And he said, the attacks against your life have more to do with who you will become than who you currently are. Mm-hmm. That's right. In the future, you are somebody. And he said, Chelsea... He said, follow me, and I will take you on the ride of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then he gave me a vision, mm-hmm. and he showed me my future. And he said, come on, Chelsea, take my hand, and together we can be history makers and world changers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I took it, and then I ran. I ran with him. Mm-hmm. I repented. I did whatever I had to do, but I ran, and I did not look back. Mm, Beautiful. And it has been an incredible journey, an incredible experience. And while, let me tell you, God has taken me back to Tyler, Texas. Mm -hmm. He 
took me, I had reached a point, even as a Christian, you know, God does not promise us a, a free ride. Mm-hmm. There are trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. So even as a Christian, I experienced many trials and tribulations. Yeah. I went through a very hard divorce while living in Tyler. And I had just started, I had done it for a year. I had just started Chelsea Carpenter Ministries. So I was doing it for a year. Things were going, things were thriving. And then, bam, this divorce hit. Mm. And I prayed, I talked to mentors, and they were like, Chelsea, you need to Sabbath, you need to rest. Mm-hmm. And I rested. I, I stopped all forms of ministry. Mm-hmm. I rested. I stayed in a secret place. And Jesus said, either Chelsea, I will fight for you. Mm-hmm. And what God had done, here I am seeking, I was seeking restoration. I walked into a church because Lisa Bevere was there. Mm, love her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my youngest daughter was adamant that we needed to go to that church, that we needed to change churches and go mm-hmm. to this church where Lisa Bevere was. And I went to that church. We got plugged in. And little did I know that it was the exact same church that put on Hell House. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> full and circle. It's full circle. It, here I was, even as a Christian, yeah. seeking restoration. <laughs> and God took me back to the place oh. right I had been delivered in the first place. Yeah. Oh, God is so good. He's so good. Oh, He's and so a little good. bit of humor, too, right? <laughs> mm. like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. uh, then in October... I got to play a part in Hell House. Oh, incredible. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and this is the church where, they, where the, my ministry has just taken off. They have embraced me and my daughters, and it is, it's like I finally found my tribe. Oh, so good. Yeah, tell me so about good. your ministry a little bit, if you want to just speak a little bit about it. That'd be awesome. Yes, it's called Chelsea Carpenter Ministries Living on the Edge. Mm-hmm. And initially when I started it, I was thinking maybe a women's ministry. Mm-hmm. Just a nice little women's ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, God decided something completely different. Mm-hmm. It, it ended up becoming a prophetic ministry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but God had given me a prophetic voice. That's great. So it started becoming a prophetic ministry. Then it, from there, it went into deliverance ministry, mm-hmm. where anybody who's seeking inner healing, anyone who's feeling oppressed. And when God spoke to me about deliverance ministry, I thought, I don't know, God. And he said, Chelsea, he said, I allowed you to go into the enemy's camp. I allowed you to experience those things mm-hmm. so that one day I could deliver you so then you could go deliver others. That's right. That's that's and why we go could, through those trials, right? That's <laughs> right. That's comfort right. others. Uh-huh. And he has us in the palm of his hand. He is there. Mm-hmm. And today I can tell you I am completely restored. I am set free. Mm-hmm. I don't struggle with my past. Mm-hmm. I know my identity in Christ. I know what I was created to do. Mm-hmm. I know Jesus. Yeah. He has delivered me from everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how he takes, you know, just our, 
our dumb choices that we make, our failures, turning our back against him and just choosing our way. And it's never the right way, but he's so patient, like you were saying, and he just has pursued you the whole time, even when you didn't know about him or know him personally. And, you know, I just love that he takes what was meant for harm, but turns it into good. And and the way we he makes it into good is for us to spread his love by comforting others that are going through, you know, the muck also and the struggles and the afflictions. And we've gone through it, then we're able to speak life to others because we've gone through it. We've seen the other side. But, you know, even if we are going through it, we can still be encouraging to others and keep, you know, leaning into his word and his promises. And and that hope is what carries us through. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I just know, I mean, he's about to deliver a lot of people Mm. in many ways. Yeah. Wow. And I'm excited what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So cool. And to have that support with your church, that's really amazing too as well. And what you thought with women, I'm guessing now it's women and men. It's a mixture, right? And (laughs) not excluding the men. (laughs) Oh, and look what God is just using you and created a masterpiece with you. So we're called in unique ways by him. I just love it. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Do you have Um, any takeaways for the listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. Place your trust in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Spend time with him in a secret place and prayer in the word. And he will deliver you from all your fears. Yeah. So good. Yes. Well, thank you, Chelsea, for coming on here. You're amazing. You know, beautiful and wonderfully made and made in his image just perfectly. So I thank you for, you know, using your testimony to reach others. And um, we'll talk again real soon. Alright, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at jamieelizabeth.com. She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E, Elizabeth, She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.